For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Lead Singer Syndrome with me, Shane Told. I am your host, as always, as I take you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. And oh boy, we got a good one today. We got a 1990s legend on the program, Mr. Gavin Rossdale of Bush. Wow. Wow. Uh, one of the most pivotal 90s bands. They just are. 16 Stone, absolutely massive record that took the world by storm. We talk all about that and a whole lot more, including their new album, The Art of Survival, which is out now. And this is a great record as well. So this is a really, really, really cool guest. And I'm so happy that he took the time to speak with me. Before we get to that, a couple things. You can always get in touch with me. You can send me an email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. And I know the episodes have been a little fewer and further between lately. However, make sure you're not sleeping on the new noise, which we do do basically every week. Me and my friend, Mike Howell, music guru, Mike Howell, I should say, we talk about all the new records coming out. So if you're looking on the podcast feed and you see what are all these new noise episodes, you're going to find out some really, really awesome new bands. So make sure you are listening to that 
finding out all these new tunes that you're going to want to listen to. And also, maybe when you're done listening to this with Gavin, go back and listen to the other 300 plus interviews that I have with other lead singers. There's uh, there's a lot of good ones. So make sure you do that. And if you've listened to them all, or if you just want to support the show and what I do, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club for as little as $6 a month. This has been the same price for five years. That gets you in. That gives you extra bonus episodes, bonus material, access to an amazing group of fans. Shout out to my sinners. And of course, merchandise and so much more. The link for that, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And it's a good time. And shout out to all my sinners worldwide. You guys keep the lights on around here. It means so much. I'll give you that link one more time, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. In other news with me, we just did the first weekend of the When We Were Young Festival. Wow, what a time to be alive. And the first day got canceled due to high winds. I'm sure everyone heard about that. Maybe you're living under a rock or maybe you're not that emo because you're listening to the podcast with Gavin. Regardless, I want to thank everybody that piled into my hotel suite to for me to do a little makeup acoustic show. I uh, had about 50 people in here, my sinners, and that was a good time. So thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you to Kevin from Guardrail. Great band. Check out Guardrail for opening up for me. And thank you to Caesars Palace for not shutting it down. It was a good time. And uh, hopefully I see some more people this weekend. I know already have passed when this comes out, but regardless, I'm in the moment right now. And when we were young was super, super sick. And my band Silverstein is also going on tour in Europe real soon with Comeback Kid, Senses Fail, and Koyo. So yeah, get your tickets if you're in the UK or Europe. That's going to be a super fun tour. Anyway, let's get into it with the man. Here he is, my conversation with Mr. Gavin Rosdale of Bush. Gavin, thank you so much for doing this. I'm here with Gavin Rosdale, of course, of Bush, or talking about the Canadian talk we just had, or Bush X in Canada. Do you remember that whole thing? Well, of course, but that was a long, that was the last century. <laughs> I know, but that was that was the first time I ever heard of your band. Everyone was called, you know, wearing wearing high school, uh, uh, you know, merchant high school with Bush X on it, and the CDs said Bush X and everything, and that was just the strangest thing when I found out. Oh, actually, they're just called Bush right. everywhere else. Um, I don't even know what happened. It was some kind of a legal thing, right? Just in the seventies, there was a, a, a lovely man, Dominic Troiano, and he had operated under the name Bush in the 70s. And I had the people that were helping me at the time 
were amazing because they got me started, but they were really brash. And as opposed to just go ask that guy, whatever, he, they just didn't basically approach him in the right way. And, um, right. That. So we had this kind of DXing like a couple of years into our career, like yeah. where we agreed. So we went to this press conference and I met him. And all he said to me was like, they were so aggressive somehow, you know, that typical kind of like exec way, you know, to, to he just was like annoyed. And, um, right. And then once, once he realized that that wasn't us, he, um, he, uh, he, uh, we had the ceremony. He's like, listen, you know, I would have gone sooner, but they just, well, they were, I think the way they went about it upset him. But then it was, so anyway, great guy. Nice man. No, that's, yeah, that, that sucks. And that's, you know, like so many things in this world, we chalk it up to a misunderstanding, you know? We, we, resolved, it. we resolved it between us. It took artist to artist, not label kind of disrespecting the guy that had that name in the 70s. Right. No, absolutely, man. Well, uh, thanks again so much for doing this. There's a brand new Bush album, The Art of Survival. Uh, I listened to the whole thing. And what struck me right away about this record is just, how heavy it is. The production is awesome. You know, it's, it's just got these thick down tuned guitars, huge drums, that fuzz bass tone you're known for, uh, who produced this record. And was this done, um, during the pandemic? How, how did it kind of all come together? Uh, no, it was post pandemic. It's just sort of the end of it. It just was written this last year. I'm so confused in my, my perspective on timing. It's just been as, really been destroyed right <laughs> i don't know what it is whether it's my lifestyle or just this pandemic that just suspended two years of our diary and our brains but mine are just so um it was quite a fresh record in the sense that there was nothing those no songs that we'd sitting around and right it's just written this last year um and um i began it in my studio and very much with that feel with those guitars with those atmospherics with those keyboards with those pieces and then you know the next stage goes with eric and, and uh we he, we add to it and he corrects drums as we go through the songs because you know when you write the songs you start with a groove that gets it going and then by the second bit you know it's not so acute to me i know the drum is going to come in and slay it so i don't need to move bits around to mean to accommodate that right it's going to be raised and played anywhere you know like imminently so but Eric likes to do that so it's sort of helpful and uh and that's it then everyone adds to the heaviness you know basically first I mean you gotta start the aesthetic the aesthetic I start the aesthetic and then that's what's so great about Eric you know he's a fantastic uh um producer and uh, and uh, engineer you know he's a great he's, he's very talented so um makes things sound great yeah, it's the record sounds sounds awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, so you go you approach a record today in 2022 in a same kind of the same vein you would have approached, you know, the early Bush stuff, right? I mean, you still get in a room, you know, are you still cranking up amps? Are you still doing the whole thing, or you know, is is there a lot more kind of demoing and passing things around, like kind of the modern way, or not really? Uh, not really. I'm all bits of it. Actually, that's not that's not fair because. Um you know, of the of the songs, like, you know, Chris sent me the uh, riff of Machines, and that really, I really like that. Right. And uh, so 
but it was that was fun to sing on that. Um, then Tyler sent me a couple of things, and it was fun to sing on that. So the, to that to that extent, that's how those work. That's that's to me is songwriting together. I've never I don't I haven't sat in a room with anyone since my solo record, you know, right? Um, 2000, 2008 or something. It's just that it's not how I like to work. But then you know, for example, a song like Human Sand or May You Not Be Pure. You know, I had the songs and fully realized and then Chris comes in and plays on them and then moves plays some you know adds some chords and adds some movement to the song that's a that's that's a great collaboration that's a co-write you know but you didn't need to be in here while I was doing it and over my shoulder like you know it's like I just get the idea out and then we try and make it better um, and I don't have any I love collaborating um, I like having a it's like a holiday to not have to uh, come up with the music, you know what I mean? Like, especially if it sounds great. Right. I'm like, okay, that was way quicker. It's like it's 11 o'clock and I've already got the music ready. <laughs> <So> just <laughs> lined it up with my stuff, you know, they done the other music with a lot of work. So I think that uh, at this point in my career, our career, it's important just to simply have the best material you can. And um, that's how it works. I never had the opportunity of getting music from other people. And then, you know, but then you've got to get it. It's got to also be great, you know. I can't just get just music. I've had loads of just music. For sure. Um, over the years, people, ideas, people I don't know, people I do know, people, you know what I mean? And I just want to make it work, but I have an instinct for it. And every song that I've written on, there was no doubt in that moment of hearing it for the first time that I wanted to uh, write on it. Because, you know, for me, to, if I don't like, well, the music's not killing me, in a good way, then I'm going to waste a whole set of lyrics and a whole kind of melodic world and then ultimately not be turned on by the song. It doesn't work. So I wait and I'm lucky because I've got great people that send me stuff. That's really uh, inspiring and, and like I'm dying to sing it. You know, I want to sing it. Like it's, a, it's a fun job. It doesn't take very long. For sure. For sure. So you, so you seem to tackle the music first um, and then the lyrics after or the melodies after. You know, you brought up More Than Machines, obviously a big single, uh, and uh, all about the support of women's reproductive rights, which is an important topic right now. Also controversial in some jurisdictions with some people. And I know you've said on, on the record you don't really have any interest in being political, but here we are now where this issue has become political. And, you know, I don't know if there's been any sort of I don't want to say backlash, but obviously you're bringing up the discussion, uh, an important discussion. And now you're, you know, this is something you, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you about. Other people are going to ask you about too. It's ironic because I just, the last interview, the girl was talking to me about it. And it, I'm, what's been interesting about it is that the response I've had to my face has been uh, overwhelmingly um, appreciative that it's in a song. And, uh, I'm talking about ninety percent of the time it's been you know a female journalists, right? Uh, and you know, so if, if it's if it's a split decision, I've been pretty lucky. Um, and it's not like I want to get overly embroiled in it. It just there are some consequences of growing up in London in a sort of a more uh, progressive mindset. You know, more um, for sure, more 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 um, supportive. Um, there, you know, uh, in England, that's quite incredible with 
with uh, the, how they look after people there, you know, the national health and so forth, the healthcare is free. If you, well, you're Canadian, so you understand that. So, you know, it, it, it's like, um, it's a bit of a minefield, but I took it from a humanistic point of view, be ignorant enough to allow, you know, doctors and uh, the mothers to make the sort of medical decisions when things are right, and really for everyone else to keep out of the way. I mean, yeah. everyone else to keep out of the way. And, it's funny because when this girl last interview was asking me, I couldn't work out she was um, what her position was. You know, I wasn't trying to engage. I'm not trying to engage anyone. I'm bringing it up so people have their own opinion. Uh, I believe in freedom of speech and freedom of right to uh, make your own choices I mean, as long as they're sort of not. You know, yeah. So it's been it's ironic you ask me, <laughs> but I haven't had <laughs> sure. space. But. You know, I don't know what they could be, or, or, or and, and now, as you say, it has become political. So that is the the remedy, the way through that is actually purely political, which is ironic. Because to me, it's a humanistic uh, perspective. It's education, it's uh, help, it's support. It's you know, it's so much more than just. Uh, I mean, just it's just whatever. I could do the whole interview about it. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy that that uh, that the people in their most dire moments of need aren't supported and it's sort of like right. some hierarchy and what should go on with their bodies. I mean, it's, it's, it's just wrong. It's like, I don't get it. <laughs> Agreed. And another topic. Yeah. And, you know, and, that, and that's it to bring it up. I was saying about the climate. No one cares about the climate. Enough. I mean, we started getting an idea that it's really fucked, but you could argue that it's a really sort of a, it's a difficult point to, to get people to really relate to it and really reduce stuff. I read yesterday only 5% of plastic bottles in America are recycled. Right. Can you imagine? Yeah. So that's 95%. It's chaos. Do you know what I mean? It's insane. It's chaos. It's absolutely um, insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. No, I mean, I know you've, you've gone on the record with, you know, all of these things, all these social causes. And, and I think it's really, really wonderful um, you know, another thing that's really interesting, like when I when I read that your what your publicist Elena sent me, you know, the first thing it says is how down to earth you are, how you know you're uh, you love tennis, you know, you have a passion for tennis, you have a you have a passion for cooking for for you know you and your and your three sons, and what really struck me right away about that is just and what I like what I'd like to ask you is just how much different it is now, you know, being a rock star now in 2022 than being a rock star in 1994 when it seemed like things were so much more mis mysterious, you know, um, a band could be what they wanted to be, maybe not what they actually were. Um, how does that feel now when it's like, maybe things have just changed so much with how much, uh, you know, how, how real things are. Yeah. Well, there's a natural progression in terms of, in terms of life and to have, uh, you know, have so many children now um, is just, it's an incredible thing. You know, it's sort of, it's a really incredible job. And I've come to realize that it's my main job, you know, and, uh, but I love the release of music, uh, um, you know, the, as in the, 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 you know, it's like a vocation to me, you know, like I'm driven to do this. I love it. It satisfies me. If I don't write songs, um, it starts to feel sort of like I need sonic like life suction or ideas like suction. I mean, it's like I'm just brimming with stuff, and it's just better to sing and get it out. Right. Um, it's a different life in the sense that you know, of course, people are uh, 
actually being held accountable now for whatever they did to, right? If you look at this sort of, uh, you know, the council culture, but uh, that's a whole other interview. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I just look at it like I have an incredibly lucky life. I'm so lucky. I'm just the luckiest person that I know. I mean, I've met people who are really lucky, but I know in... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I really did. House, a very small bedroom, a very modest house, you know, regular house. Um, uh, actually, to even to the, to the kids in the, in the uh, projects all around me, it looked like it was a bit of a fancy house in theirs. But when you look at it now, it's tiny. Like my kids, they just can't, do, they don't understand. Like if you could have a room where the bed is almost the biggest, takes up the most of the room. And then it's just a little bit of sliver of, of land and then a window, like covered. And that was it. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's it's amazing to have, um, and to know everyone I grew up with and stuff like that. And then to be here now in this stupid house with this stupid life. Um, it's, pretty <laughs> extraordinary. it's pretty extraordinary. And so it doesn't, I don't take it lightly. And so therefore I'm just really, so I'm just obsessed and married to trying to make good songs with whoever I can. Uh, at any time and um, that's it and it gets, it's harder and harder it's a weird world you know, it's a weird world they put out a record but the same record's coming out it's hard to make sound make waves anyone care we've been around we were, fuck those guys who's this new band you know, it's like it's just the natural order of life you know? so you have to sort of accept that gracefully and like just keep the quality up and be devastating live you know yeah. and I know that we devastating live devastating and uh uh i don't know how many more years like that but i know for the next like five ten years uh that's cool but um so therefore it makes it a real artistic uh, authentic kind of um artisan uh, pursuit you know because there's not the um there's not the same rewards that there were it's not it's not much music and and being mobbed in the streets of toronto you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? it, it's just it felt like being the beatles for like a, a little bit um but i oh, think yeah. that what's in what's endured is like actually i'm really this is the vocation and me and the other three guys uh, that play with me we just all, I don't believe anything. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't believe in anything, but I do believe in the, in the atmosphere and sort of a synchronicity. And you have to have uh, like-minded people. Like I have to those three in the band to want to play that good every night so that I can play that good every night and no one slips and no one drops and no one, you know, uh, like completely falls off the cliff in any kind of a way. And that's got that's a lot of power, magic pulling all in the same direction. You know, the same way the people around us look after us. But so I think that's what helps us uh, to stay. And we're just like a really well-oiled sort of machine. We just kind of get plugged into these situations, dropped into a metal festival, right. go on tour with us, breaking Benjamin, whatever. Seal everyone, you know, play good, you know, be amazing. Just and I'm sometimes in awe of my band because they just. No matter what the circumstances, and like every band, it's like every movie. No matter how crappy the movie, no matter how crappy the band, it's still the the effort put into any single band that's on tour, traveling, uh, sleepless, not good food, you know, and all that sort of stuff that is inevitable when you travel and you're up against it. That's every single band. Yeah, and some 
in, in vans. You know, we, we're so lucky we have a, we have a, we have a bus. Um, so to me, it's just all about maintaining the quality and yet being realistic about how crazy it is that we even have an audience. But, um, right. but <laughs> the bottom line is be good. Bottom line is that's the, that's the weaponry is, is the quality of the band. Yeah. Well, I got a chance to see you actually, uh, this, this summer at one of those European festivals and you were terrific. Oh, uh, oh brilliant. So where was that? Uh, I think it was Germany. Oh, okay. Was it the, uh, man, all those European festivals just all bleed together in my mind. Rock and Ring or Rock and Park, maybe. It wasn't, wasn't the, I wasn't at those, but it was, it was one, I don't know. Rock. No, Nova Rock. That's what it was. It was Nova Rock. Exactly. Austria, not Germany. Okay. Uh, that was a crazy day, right? With all the, the, the rain and the mud everywhere. It was nuts. Nuts. That was so European festival. European festivals are so much fun, but you always get caught at some point with the really terrible mud and everyone's in the, the combat pants and the, the <laughs> big uh, motorbike, but it's like uniform. I love them. I mean, I haven't done Ross Kilda. There's one called Ross Kilda, which um, is in uh, uh, northern, like up in sort of, uh, you know, Norway, Denmark, um, Sweden, that whole, that whole run. Mm-hmm. I've never, it was kind of terrifying. So one time I actually looked out and been terrified because when you see 60,000, what they used to do there as well is they had no um, barriers of any sort. So literally it was just a field of a hill, Ross Kilda of 60,000 people. It was wild. <laughs> wild. Because I'd be like, if you imagine if you're in the middle, you ain't going anywhere. You can't get through. You couldn't get out. It's just, oh, I think I have a it's crazy. slight sense of claustrophobia, I think. Every now and again, I think, when I think about things like that, I get, it gives me sort of anxiety. And I, yeah, I have no danger of being in a crowd like that. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But sometimes it's like a lot. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, well, you know, talking about how, you know, you keep bringing up how lucky you are and, and how, you know, uh, and I, I think that's really great. You're so down to earth about, about your career and everything, but you really did strike, strike it big right out of the gate. I mean, 16 Stone was just a massive album and here you are, you know, you bring up much music in Canada and feeling like you're in the Beatles and this is all happening on your first album cycle. I mean, I know you weren't super, super young. You weren't you weren't like 18 years yeah. old or anything, but, but yeah, I mean, to, to have that happen to you, you know, right on your first go around, your first album cycle, that must've been pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, do you look back at that? Um, obviously you must look back at that with some fondness, but do you also look back at it? Like maybe we should have done some things differently. I look at complete fondness. I mean, I don't have any regret about the best thing in my life. You know, if, if ever I think about it, Wistfully, I sometimes wonder if we shouldn't have continued to just do records with Clive Langer and just do 16 Stone over and over, uh, different versions. Right. But um, at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, obviously for me, there'd been many years before then of struggle and failure. And um, for example, not getting, I could get, you know, any record label in London would give me uh, money for a demo. But none would sign me, you know. Right. They, you know, I always signed on my first band really quick to Epic Records, so I had something. I got a publishing deal uh, with Warner Chapel back for five thousand pounds, 
And I didn't understand what publishing was on a signed it. I think it cost me like 350000 to buy it back when I started being successful. They were like, you're still... With, wow. Like, thank you, big corporate person, uh, company, but I want to be free. So I had to pay, pay a bunch of money. Damn. Um, so people, so I had an, a knack or an ability, a, a, an inkling of an ability to write a song. And then, um, but I never made the record. That was with Muff Winwood was my a and Steve Winwood's brother. And then, then um, they, they never made, we did two singles and then no album. And then they dropped us. And then I got a new band and that band broke up. I got a new band to find a band I didn't want to be in. And then I began Bush. And, um, and I thought that my whole career was over. I just wanted to be like a really cool band that could play in all the clubs that I'd like to go and see all my kind of underground bands in, in London. I was like, oh, fuck it. Just do something a bit, you know, more aggressive. And I sort of, I hadn't been involved with the last band, the guy didn't want me to do the music. So I couldn't do the music. It wasn't very good, but I had another idea. And then um, being in that band, I figured out what band I didn't want to be in. He's a bit more traditional bluesy rock. Right. And I realized that, bluesy rock I realised that when I was in a bluesy rock band <laughs> so I was like oh shit but then he left me he said let's we're not gonna you know it's not gonna happen and my best friend who's still my best friend and had been with me in all three bands he left to go to Boston Conservatory to learn to be a, a film composer wow and so I was like oh fuck and so <laughs> I was like I had a lot of like bumps in the road and then I began Bush and two years later um I mean, it's a very short version of it, but I met <laughs> Nigel and we began Bush and that's it. And Nigel was really busy. So he would say, I say, do you want to write songs? He'd say, nah, just bring me songs you have any. I'd be like, fuck, I don't, I, I, oh, I'm going to it on my own. And that's what forced me to write on my own. And they come down was the first song I wrote on my own on guitar. Wow. And, um, and, and that's how it began the culture of me not being in a room with anyone because I never was in a room with anyone. Uh, Nigel always came and made the songs demo that made them sound better, played great guitar over the top, and you know, took care of the other guys so that everyone got paid and everyone else would be regularly on holidays and I'd be working on material. Right. So then that's how it's been forever. That's why it's not like I was, was out like, guys, step back, step back from the, the writing pad. I got this. You know, it was never that. They, no one was interested. <laughs> right. Well, you know, um, one of your older songs that's your top song on Spawn Spotify, uh, Glycerine, uh, to me, it's something I've always wanted to ask you because I've always wondered this. To me, it's one of the most interestingly produced songs of all time. Uh, obviously, it's a huge hit. Just so interesting. Where did that idea come from to have this fuzzy, dirty, I think it's a neck pickup guitar tone juxtap you know, juxtaposed with strings, you know, it, it almost—it's almost like a written like an acoustic ballad, but instead of an acoustic guitar, it's this dirty ass, you know, fuzzy guitar. It's just—and I haven't—I haven't heard anyone do that, you know, before or since. <laughs> and there's such such a magic in that song, and I—I I, I just always wanted to ask you where that idea came from. Well, first off, that's how it was written. You know, when I'd write songs, I would get use my guitar pedal to. Um, have a very heavy sound, but in a in a room where I could sing with it. So it wasn't like so loud you couldn't hear anything, but it just had a great, you know, fuzzy tone. And um, 
So I just did it for that. And in fact, what's, what's, uh, no one's ever asked me this question, so you deserve a, a good answer. Really? Wow. Okay. Um, what's interesting about it uh, on that level is that we were going to have, it was the first time I ever recorded with no drums. Yeah, exactly. Also no drums. So I wasn't used to it. I was like, you know, do you know what I mean? As a kid singing, you know, I was like, wow, this is really And they're actually used to be drums that came in halfway and that's why halfway through there's one guitar that gets louder right that used to have drums with it and then it was like in the state in the moment of, of of it just being as intimate as possible a little lovely kind of guitar harmonic theatrics from nigel which is basically me playing my the only guitar i had like very man ray very sort of um not necessarily just an accident, but the reality is if you have one guitar, that's the only guitar you can play the song on, and that's the sound of that guitar. And I don't like crazy clean guitar that much. And I didn't want to do it on acoustic. Um, I mean, Neil Young, people, some people, John Martin, Neil Young, uh, I don't know, the National maybe. The acoustics do sound beautiful, and I love them, I love them, I love them. But somehow, if I can avoid the blues and singing too much on acoustics, my career, I'm just like like dodging bullets in my music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you should give yourself a little more credit. I mean, your solo album had one very beautiful acoustic song on it. Uh, oh, a go, lot of really go. good stuff on there. I think your voice sounds great, great on there. You kill me with my own song. Look at that, straight away. You're right, you're right. I do love it. And I just, it, on that one, I think I was just, also, I probably was insecure about that song and probably was like, right. I want it to be rough. You know, there was a time when I didn't even know anyone was going to hear us. There was a time when I just had lots of records I loved that was sort of quite raw and um, and uh, not so much, just raw, you know, very raw. And uh, so that struck me as more raw. And I do, you know, I mean, I say that about acoustics. They, they, are, they are beautiful. But I think that that one of um, the lead singer play young I don't think you'll see me in Bush playing an acoustic guitar and fronting the band. No. This thing has got the the terrible yeah. guitar. The band's playing hoping the sound salmon's keeping that terrible acoustic sound quiet, you know. Right. No. Yeah, I mean I mean if it was an acoustic guitar in that song, I don't know, it'd be more reminiscent of, you know, something like disarm, you know, smashing pumpkins or something like that. But I think it's it gives it such a unique quality which i've always really liked so thank, just, oh, thank you for interest, answering that question go ahead sorry go ahead i love i love the pumpkins um extremely that song is incredible but and they do make acoustic work like that but that's so dramatic as well the timpanis that yeah. they kind of elevate that but uh, yeah you know i mean the best thing about doing all these interviews is that you kind of like you leave yourself open to trying to um to do it, do it all the, the the opposite way you said, you know, like maybe do an amazing acoustic song next record. You know what I mean? It's, you just sort of live in the moment, and sure, that's was that moment. And now, when I do, I mean, my favorite song that I wrote for this record didn't make it on this record because it just didn't make it, and it will be on the next record. And and what's weird about that is that that is clean guitar and really pretty chords and a song that I'm so proud of and we just didn't make the record because we it was like the next batch to be recorded and we went to Australia or to Europe and they go okay that's it now check these mixes I was like well what about these songs we're going to do back in July no no we need the record out sooner and so I was like wow okay but I 
already had too many songs. It's like, well, what a classy way. But that, that when I think of it, is an approach to soft, softer side that isn't just electric, but clean and verby and wild. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that answers another question I have here is when can we expect, you know, another record? Um, also, what's the tour plans? Because you guys have just done that tour, the massive tour with uh, Allison Chains, Breaking Benjamin. Are you going to be doing some headline dates, maybe some uh, summer festivals again in Europe? Yeah. What's the What's the plan? I mean, for now, I've only got two shows left. This, this interview... The five minutes of this interview and two shows, and then I'm unemployed. So uh, um, I think the plan is to do a headline uh, run, possibly uh, we spoke about coming to Canada because I don't quite, we didn't book that tour, so I don't really know why that tour didn't go through Canada. It was, it right. was strange to me. I don't think I've ever done a North American tour that didn't go through Canada. I don't think I've ever done that. So... Uh, I think since I have a Canadian promoter um, who helps us from Live Nation, he was like, you got to go to Canada, man. you got to go to Canada. Both time you got to go to Canada. <laughs> so we, I hope they come to Canada. And um, and then in the summer, there'll be um, a full-on tour where we'd come to Canada again. All right. I hope I have to do some festivals. So, you know, I've got to make sure the kids um, get enough time at school and then hit all these spots. I love it. I love it. Uh, last question for you, um, Gavin, and thank you, thanks again for doing this. There's been such a resurgence in 90s culture, you know, um, the music, the fashion, uh, there's even a, a new Clerks movie coming out and you're really at the forefront of that. Have you noticed a shift, you know, in, in maybe younger people coming out, discovering your band again, uh, it, things kind of turning over, um, or, or maybe just some old things, that, you know, pull out of the closet that you can wear again. What, what, uh, have you noticed any, any shift at all or, or not at all? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of, there's this mini revolutions the whole time. And, uh, right. That was such a great time for so many people. And, um, I, of course, it's like a double-edged sword for me. It began my career. But then there's always a sense that you get, you get slightly nailed to it. You know what I mean? You get stuck to it. It's 2022. So people, you know, like, I might see someone in the day and they go, oh, my God, I love that new record. It's incredible. And I saw your show in Boston. Thanks so much, right? That's the healthy one. The one that's also really nice, and I don't take it badly, I really appreciate it. You know, I'm really, really lucky. Um, oh man, a guy I missed yesterday. Hey, you. It's like, yeah. Um, and I see how he goes, oh man, that first record, I played it today. And after that, I was dead, Tim. You know what I mean? He's done nothing to help me buy the food I'm getting. He's not supported my band. Um, but he was so happy to see me. And so that record was so important to him. And right. I've had that myself. You know, a record of a band that I love, and when I fail to kind of sustain that support, uh, even though that record was really important to me, you know, uh, Psychedelic Furs, for example, I love that band. I was thinking about them a lot, but these sort of revisionist sort of lists I've been doing about bands I like. And certain bands I like, you know, I fail to keep up with them when I love them. So it's just the way of the world. It's brutal. Um, so yeah. I'm so connected to the 90s, but yeah, I keep making records every year and touring every year and being away from my kids too much. and I, I wanted to, it's only worth it when people realize, like, there's nothing worse when I check it out. You know, I'd be away for like four months um, 
I mean, this tour was nine weeks. I mean, my kids came out, but it was brutal. And then September they were at school and that was messed up. But I missed the beginning of school for them. Right. Um, we finished till October the 9th. But then you say so you come back and, you know, you just you get through. It's like, it's like a battlefield and you make it and you feel guilty and you're FaceTiming and they're flying up. I flew in a couple of times to see them on red eyes and all, the, all that terrible travel. And... Um, you walk to the store and you see someone say, hey man, how you doing? What have you been up to? Everything good? Been doing it? And you're like, oh my God, I've been killing myself. So like, you know, and uh, it's just such a fragmented world. You know, it's so hard for people to know what everyone's up to. You know? People are in their own world so much. Absolutely, man. Yeah, nothing's easy. Uh, it, it, it isn't now and it never was. Uh, but we're getting through it and a great new record from Bush is out now, The Artist Survival. Make sure you check it out and the banging single, More Than Machines, important song. Uh, anything else to tell the people, Gavin, before uh, before I let you go? No, uh, just thanks for having me on and um, I appreciate people checking it out and uh, I hope it speaks to them. You know, it's the greatest uh, gift is doing a job that connects you with people, you know what I mean? And it's, it's brilliant because you don't know, honestly the exact effect until you play play live but it's a funny thing like headphones or in the car it's like I you make things that people go in people's brains so you want to make it good for them well yeah this is a great record so thanks for it and all the best uh, with everything um, uh, coming up man so thanks so much thank you all the best thank you so much man hey man take care so there it is with Gavin what a nice guy what a nice guy. Sorry, the audio is a little sketchy at times in this one, but hey, what do you want? It's free content. I do appreciate Gavin taking the time to speak with me. I know he's got a whole lot of things going on with raising his sons and also promoting this new album, The Art of Survival, which is out right now now make sure you listen to it it's really well produced great songs including this one more than machines new music from bush make sure you hit that subscribe button and i will see you next week new bush on lead singer syndrome
is the news in blood Everything wrong should be right The earth dies It's a money thing It's a money thing Nothing changes Never stops Breathe Glycerin Glycerin 